But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> are we recording? Oh, yeah, we are recording. Wait a minute. Let me just make sure we're recording. <coughs> are, are we going to do a podcast? Yeah, we're going to do a podcast. All right. Um, I really am trying to figure I'm trying to figure out the best way to move into this one here. Let me just think about this for just a second here. Uh, David, David, sure. David, you realize sure. you you dodged a bullet, man. You were, you could have been in big trouble. All right. So Jeb always likes to give you a hard time. You know, he, you know, he, he says it's no big deal, but he brings it up over and over and over <laughs> again. Okay. This right. time that you were flying with him in the, in the Debbie. All right. And you saw up, you want to take a picture. All right. And you popped open the vent to take a picture. All right. And, uh, and, uh, made a big noise and you scared Jeb. So Jeb's right there. He's listening to us. Hi, Jeb. Jack, you're just you're just, you're just stirring up stuff here. Yeah, okay? No, you you, but, if you you don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Yeah, but okay? no. Here's the thing. All right, it turns out it turns out that what Dave did was like a felony. All right, distracting distracting the crew. No, well, not distracting. Like, uh, uh, yeah, distracting. What's what's it called? It's in this article here. <laughs> yeah. No, not distracting. Yeah, distracting. Yeah, but it's not inter- interfering. Interfering. Interfering, flight, interfering. That's right. Interfering with the with the flight crew. I didn't interfere with him. I just distracted him for a moment. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, you know. And besides, George was flying the airplane anyway. Okay. And you know what? George didn't care. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is the story from uh, the news the other day. That uh, So good old Justin Bieber. And, and Jeb was strapped down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Justin Bieber. God bless him. I you know, I wouldn't even talk about Justin Bieber, but he's been doing airplane stuff lately. He's been having all kinds of adventures in in biz jets. And and so this is a story. What's this? This is from uh, this is Flying Magazine, okay? Justin Bieber could be in big trouble over Gulfstream pot episode, all right? So let's see if I can summarize this story, all right? Uh, Justin Bieber and his little entourage, which includes his dad, of all people. Apparently his dad is not the greatest influence, sounds to me. Well, he's got to get it from, from somebody. The kid's yeah. 18 years old? Yeah. So, the, so well, Justin how Bieber... How old is he? Who? Justin Bieber? Yeah, he's 18 years old. Just, or something he's like probably 19 now. Yeah, Nin- something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It says 19 in this story. So he and his he and his posse were coming back from someplace, all right? And, they were on their way to New York. Yeah, but they were coming back from I don't know where they were coming back from and they landed in Teterboro in New Jersey, all right? This is a, a Gulfstream what kind of airplane is this? It's a Looks like a 4 or a 4SP. Yeah, nice nice yeah. bizjet, okay? It's a 4 or 5. And so so it's like apparently it's a scene right out of a Cheech and Chong movie, okay? Because they popped the door on this thing and like a cloud of pot smoke rolled out of this. And I'm almost not joking from the reports we've heard, okay? Apparently they were smoking up a storm in the back of this airplane, all right? To the point where the flight crew said, "Stop, all right? This is a safety thing, all right? Because they were getting everybody's getting a contact high here. It's unsafe, all right? And they wouldn't stop according to the reports, all right? The, the Oh, one story said that the the flight crew Put on their right. uh, breathing apparatus, their emergency breathing yes. apparatus, to avoid getting a yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this uh, apparently after the passengers refused to stop, you know, uh, this 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 thing they were doing, this this you know thing they were doing. Okay, <laughs> so uh, and we first heard this story. Because the uh, the the customs people apparently you could smell the smoke. I mean, apparently, you could just totally smell that they had been smoking pot in this in this airplane. But they had managed to get all the evidence, other than the smoke. All the evidence was gone. So so well, the, it, 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 the it, cops and the custom people didn't find anything. Right. Um, it reinforces the old adage. Don't carry more than you can smoke yeah, or swallow. Okay. I see. I don't know anything about that, David. I'm just, I'm a good boy. I thought uh, it was you that told me that. Yeah. No. So, anyways, the uh, so the story in Flying Magazine is that above and beyond the fact that they may or may not have been smoking marijuana in this in this airplane, is that um, is that it's a felony to uh, I've lost it again. What was the term again? To interfere, interfere with a flight crew. Interfere with a flight crew. All right, and uh, um, apparently, see now that's going to hinge on a debate of whether ignoring the flight crew. And blowing smoke in their face yeah. it actually interfered with uh, their duty. If they literally it, blew smoke in their face, I think yeah, that's interfering. I, I, I find it. I find it odd that the G four G five doesn't have an uh, ventilation system adequate enough to, <laughs> to, to filter out some of Cheech that. Cheech and Chong, man, they were yeah. doing. They were so, you know, so, uh, so. I don't. I don't know about popping the door and, and all the smoke. Yeah, really, yeah. crack no, the windows. Right. But, but think, think, 
think about this for a minute from a flight crew standpoint. Yeah. Okay. There's two or three of them, and and however many of the other crazies on the airplane, and um, these guys are smoking pot on your airplane. You got a career, a certificate, an airplane, and a bunch of other stuff to think about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. you know, I hey, I they don't gotta necess- do. They gotta I don't blame. Do what they gotta do. I yeah. don't. Yeah, Jeff, exactly. This is this is something that threatens the yeah. the uh, yeah. uh, the outcome of the flight. And I would don't. I don't. I don't want to have it go down. Have something go down without my having declared an emergency before it happened. Right. Right. Okay. And so you know, this is this was sort of what. Now, so all the Justin Bieber stoner jokes aside, all right. What yeah, really, but, yeah, really yeah. got my attention here was we, we've heard about this law interfering with the flight crew. All, you hear about it all the time in the airlines because you get disruptive passengers and, and things like that, and often they're charged with that kind of thing or threatened with so, that kind so, of thing. So, so, so they tell me, although I, I'm, I'm I'm afraid I cannot comment. Exactly. Oh, right. Oh, okay. This is a story for offline, apparently, um, and. Uh, and when I thought about it for a couple of minutes, I thought uh, I, I always thought that was just an airliner thing. Is what my point is. All right. Well, yeah, and, and when I, I heard it in maybe, this context, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I guess maybe it would apply here because this is kind of like you know a commercial flight. You know, you've you've hired these people well, to you know, so you got to. Oh, it probably was a commercial flight. Oh, yeah, this right. is, this was a, this probably was a 135 charter. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like 135. And this uh, brings me back around to where I started out. All right, is. And I'm joking around about David and the, and the and the vent, all right. But if you had an unruly passenger in the back seat of your debonair, all right, and they were seriously threatening the safety of the flight, would they be committing a felony? Whether or not you chose to, you know, do something about it, is, is does that law apply I think, I in think that environment in, too? In, in, up to that, you know, hypothetically, I think it does. Yeah, it does actually. There's there's precedent on that jack really uh, like what yeah. can you can you think of any was there an actual example what, what do you mean by precedent i mean i'm fishing back to something that i was told about a long long time ago well, about yeah. a, a guy taking a friend up for a ride and the friend had some tragedy happen in his family and really wanted to commit suicide with the airplane and tried to do that with the guy on board that was taking him for the ride and the owner, the pilot of the airplane, managed to, you know, keep control and get the guy down, and he was arrested and charged. I don't remember much about what happened beyond that. Right. But the pilot in command carries a lot of latitude, whether you're flying Part 91, 135, yeah. 121, 125. Uh I don't think the law specifically discriminates between interfering with a commercial flight crew as opposed to interfering with flight crew. Yeah, okay. Jeb, do you have an example? I I don't. I I think of uh, the uh, infamous episode with FedEx several years, I want to say maybe 20 years or so ago. Oh, yeah. Where a a disgruntled employee uh, was in a jump seat and attacked the flight crew physically attacked them with a hammer. Hmm. Damn near killed one of them. Damn near killed one of them. Um, the airplane, it was it was all that they could do to get the airplane back on the ground and stop before all hell broke loose. Okay. As, as I recall. Yep. And the, I don't remember exactly what happened. I think they got the protagonist off. I'm sorry, the antagonist off. Um, alive. And charged him, and one of the crimes that I think they charged him with was interfering with a flight crew. Interesting. Yeah. Now, now that's a one twenty one operation, right? But um, as opposed to a Part ninety one operation, but I don't think the law. You know, gee, it's a shame we don't have some device. Yeah, I know, I know. <clears throat> well, um, I was I was looking at this, and it's like I don't see where it differentiates uh, interference with the flight crew, right? So it's pilot- just like you see an airport. You see a sign at, at a lot of small airports, warning yeah. people that it's a felony. An FBI, you know, FBI warning it's a felony to do anything to sabotage, damage, uh, or otherwise screw around with the airplanes. Here, uh, you see those signs at little airports and Part Twenty Three airplanes only, and big airports with airliners and and commercial stuff. Uh, the law doesn't, in that case, doesn't differentiate between a private airplane and a commercial airplane. It's just an airplane. It just says yeah. special aircraft jurisdiction of the United States. I don't know what that is. I, I will presume 
This is uh, aircraft jurisdiction claimed by the United States that may extend overseas. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what that means. But there's no distinction here between commercial or or uh, um, nonprofit or non-commercial things like that. So yeah. Well, that's another interesting thing because uh, flights out of the United States are considered to be U.S. territory until the actual touchdown in right. a foreign nation. And there, may, and there may be, you know, it may apply also to uh, flag carrier operations, even if they do not begin and end in the United States. Yeah, I thought it had to do with yeah. the registry of the air. Well, I know in ships, isn't that true? In ships, it has to do with yeah, where the ship is. Yeah, it has to do with the registry. And the, mm-hmm. and, and the ship is, is the territory of whatever country it's registered in, regardless of what. Whoa, segue in. alert. What? Which is maybe why Linda Meeks can't get her BFR and IPC in Hong Kong. She can't get somebody FAA approved right, well, to do it. See, now you've just given away the surprise. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that one. But you're, that, okay. that's an interesting point. Well, I, I do want to talk about that. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> so anyways, so you, so you know, you could have had David over a barrel here with the whole, uh, the whole. Uh, Opening the event situation, and so the pilot—if your pilot, the pilot in command of a small airplane—is kind of like the captain at a sh- of a ship at sea. Actually, yes. So, so can you like do weddings? Can you marry uh, people in the back? I think if you're—I think if you're in international territory, you can. These days, all you need to do is go on the internet for ten minutes. Can I commit? I was going to say, but yeah, I'd like to see a citation on that. I know. Okay. Well, while someone's looking that up, I'm going to say, "Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast." I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you uh, back home at uh, at the UCAP World Headquarters. In uh, oh man, it's freaking cold, Epping, New Hampshire. I just <laughs> I'm just after look, New Hampshire. I'm looking out the window the other day, and I'm thinking to myself: four days ago, I was in Florida. What was I thinking? All right, it's just it was like one degree here this morning. Is there seriously a town named Effing New Hampshire? No, it's not Effing. It's or, Epping. E P. Oh, Effing. Yeah, yeah. Echo Papa Papa. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Would be great though, wouldn't it? If it gets cold enough, it turns into yeah, Epping, really, New really, Hampshire. really. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm here with my two good friends. One of those voices out there is Dave Higdon talking to us from somewhere near, no, somewhere in Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. How you doing? It's effing cold in Wichita. I've heard. What, what's the temperature there? Hey, today is a four-day high. It's 15. 15, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and, that, and that's the first time it's gotten into double digits uh, in four days. Mm-hmm. We got home. I got home here from Florida a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, within a couple of days of my arriving, we got a foot of snow. So, yeah. Anyways, um, and also, and once you left the state, the weather did improve briefly. I know. I was, <laughs> I was watching that. I know. A number of people are taking great pleasure from this this coincidence. This this is. It may be a coincidence, but it is a fact. Yes. Let me also explain that that's my other good friend out there, uh, good friend in little finger quotes, uh, Jeb Burnside, <laughs> <laughs> talking to us from uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, where it's also freaking cold. It's like, you know, 65 degrees. Uh, the editorial friend. <laughs> that's right. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. What's going on down there, Jeb? Um, nothing much. Trying to... Get out from behind the desk now that some projects are complete and um, uh, look at some other projects. Yeah. The bridge uh, we built hasn't collapsed yet, I take it. It has not. It has not. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the warranty was only five weeks, though, you know, so <laughs> what can well, I tell you? Well, if it's not standing by when, when you return, we'll, we'll have a conversation. We'll just build it again. Yeah. We'll just rebuild it. We'll just rebuild it again, you know, because the second one will be way better than the first one. That's right. It's like That's pancakes right. and marriages. Anyways, <laughs> that's not exactly. I, I kind of messed that one. I, I I don't know who. No came no no. Up pancakes. With it, I, 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 I don't. I can confirm it for pancakes. Pancakes. It's not that the second one is better. I'm sorry, I'll, I got it wrong. I'll file a protest. No no no. It's not that the second point. one is better. Pancakes and marriages. You always throw away the first one. All right. Is this the joke? All right. Um, so we're not going to throw away the first bridge. Uh, okay. I, I, I none of this makes any sense to me, Jack. I, I know either, not man. of what that's, you speak. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyways, uh, what's going on? Uh, what else is going on? So was the Linda story the next thing on the list here? Hang on, where are yeah, we? Yeah. It was the next thing on the list. So, so our, our, our pal Linda Meeks um, of uh, Girls with Wings, um, a, a great uh, uh, 
you know, evangelist and, and supporter and promoter of general aviation and particularly general aviation for, for women, for young women, um, and, and is currently working on a really interesting gig um, about, I don't know how long, six months ago or something like that. Um, she got a job in Hong Kong, uh, uh, is a, an, a simulator trainer, right? And uh, she's moved over there full time. And uh, we still hear from her daily on Facebook. She's still very active on Facebook. And so everybody's like, you know, following her adventures with. Uh, that could be a great gig for a few years. Yeah. And so she's over there doing that. And she's t- telling us all about the adventure of living in this other culture and, you know, the. the you know, oh, yeah. Her, her whole, whole life. It's very, it's pretty interesting. But she did comment and, and she did this publicly. So I think it's okay for me to mention. I hope it's okay for me to mention. She put it on Facebook. So it, it's, you know, the, the words I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I can't get to it. She, uh, I don't know. I you can't, can't get to it. Let's see if I can get it, to it. it, it that's that's just short of a global billboard. So yeah. So Linda wrote on 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 Facebook. She said, uh, "I'm trying to arrange how to get a new medical, a BFR, and an IPC in my three days in Wisconsin next month." So she, oh, in Wisconsin. So she's coming home for a visit next right. month. That's says, no way. There's no way she can count on that. Well, that's what she's saying. Next month is what she said. It's what says in the post. So I, in March in Wisconsin. This yeah, I know. March in Wisconsin. And so my question was, um, it would. I can imagine that she'd need to come back here to get the medical because I don't know whether they'd be you know U.S. certified AMEs in 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 Hong Kong. Right? I would bet that you could find one. Yeah, oh, but I, yeah. but I would definitely think, especially given that she's working in a training environment. All right, that there must be somebody over there who's a U.S. CFI. Who could do her BFR, and 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 maybe even somebody who could do IPC instrument proficiency well, check? Is that what? The, <clears throat> right. Yeah. 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 And that's the you know kind of like you know six landings in six months kind of thing, isn't it? What's an IPC? Yeah, IPC is required if you go a year without establishing currency right. instrument. But what what it requires flying with a CFI, right, or CFII, right? Yeah, yeah. CFII. Yeah. Right. So I would imagine in the environment she's working in over there, there's somebody who's an who's an instrument instructor. All right. What, what environment is she working? She's working for a Hong. I don't know the name, but she's working apparently working for a, a a Chinese airline at Hong Kong, at or near Hong Kong Airport, and she's a simulator instructor. She teaches people she, how to fly seven thirty sevens. Apparently, seven which thirty sevens, I believe. Thirty sevens. Okay. Right? She's well. She's either working for one of the big sim companies yeah. or one of the carriers. Yeah, you uh, got to think. You got to think there'd be a some kind of a GA operation around there that would be able to do that. Well, but whether they had U.S. certified, uh, yeah, U.S. But, certificate well, holders to do that—that's right. the other thing. Yeah, and that was sort of my question. Assuming that, assuming that there's somebody over there that, that's holding an up-to-date, you know, current CFII certificate. U.S. CFII certificate, they could do it over there. I would think. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's just, I don't know, but, but I, that's a lot to try to do in three days. Yeah, I think she's kind of. That's, that's, I think well, she's tumbling. Physical that. and a, a physical and a BFR and an IPC. You can do the uh, I, the BFR and the IPC on the same flight. Yeah, getting a medical. That, you know, um, should really you know, make the appointment as long as there's no problems that goes through. Yeah, I mean, you could do all that in three days. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and and have a day off. Uh, yeah. Particularly, you know, the, the BFR and the IPC, if done together, are probably going to take four or five hours because it's not all just flying. A lot of it's ground there, and there, oral. Yeah, there's, and, there's there's briefing. There's there's flying. There's debriefing. Yeah, I can see it taking f- five hours. I can see it taking, you know, three hours too. Sure, depends on the instructor, how she does. Yada yada. Uh, the physical. Uh, that itself, absent anything that requires any special diagnostics, you know, it yeah. should be come in with the paperwork and out ninety minutes later. Right, right. Uh, the 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 hook is trying to schedule remotely people in Wisconsin that can do that, and then hope to hell you got the weather. Yeah. 
Well, the weather obviously has no control over the scheduling part. You should see that. I mean, I'm not going to – I've already invaded her privacy enough. I'm not going to relate all the different people who have responded to her post here. But there's all kinds of people here back here in the States that are saying, oh, no, and do this and do that and giving her all this advice and I'm sure offering help. And so, uh, you know, if it can be done, she'll pull it off. I was just kind of curious about the whole idea of getting your BFR and or your IPC offshore and how that works. And uh, I believe you can do that with U.S. certified people or U.S. certified papered people. If, if you have a flight instructor who has who's carrying a, um, um, an FAA-issued CFI, right. appropriate, appropriate to the category class of aircraft mm-hmm. and the operation, yeah. it doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters in what airplane you do it in. It could be registered in another country. Well, that's what I was thinking. She should do the IPC in the 737 sim, right? Can you do an IPC in a simulator? I bet you can. Right? Once. No, I'm serious. Before they, before they fire you. Oh yeah, well there's that, right? Yeah, but uh, if she's if she's rated, if she's tight for the airplane, well, let me, yeah. I, I, let me think about that. Um, yeah, I think you do have to be rated in a, in, in an appropriate to the class of category. Yeah. Class of I, I, I'm not from now. We're aircraft getting ready, being flown, so I'm, I'm wondering way afield here from what I know yeah. about the situation. But anyways, it's it was all pretty interesting, and uh, I was just kind of curious how this all works. So anyways, Linda, there you go. Problem solved. And uh, most, most you, outfits you, are going to want you typed in the airplane before they make you a sim instructor in it, but it's not necessarily required. That's right. Glad, glad we could work this out for you. You yeah. call, we haul. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, well, you can tell us about it when we see you in July. Uh, seriously, seriously no, good, luck, good luck with all that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Finally, before we take a break here, uh, so, David, you really would even consider flying this airplane. I, you know, I can't even decide. what. We talked about this once before. I'm pretty sure this is the same story, right? We talked about this is the guy from Africa who, God bless him, is like the ultimate home builder and is like building an airplane from scratch. Right? I think it's a different one. You think? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's a different one, and I've seen him from Korea, South Korea. Yeah. In Africa, yeah. Uh, in South America, over the years, uh, you know, more commonly now that you got stuff like YouTube that lets you, uh, or Wim dot com that lets you share videos on a global basis. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, I but worry whether man, or not, this this one this one really takes a cake as I, far as I'm concerned. I, I just worry whether we and I, by we I mean the media are 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 like doing this guy a disservice by giving him this 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 uh, uh you know visibility because we're egging him on here and he's i just i don't know i can't decide whether or not i'm just being unfair to the guy jack, and jack, he's got jack, the skills I, to build this airplane or whether I, or not i think i i don't think there's a damn bit of this guy that's doing this because a camera showed up yeah maybe okay this 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 is hardcore yeah yeah, uh, this is hardcore and throwing big caution to the wind because in looking at some of the structure involved here and i am not an engineer but man i've flown a lot of weird stuff that was one of a kind over the years and had some really knowledgeable people teach me things to look for and there are so many frightening things on this one that i i think i need to start with a legal size pad to list them yeah uh i give the man a pluses for effort and for innovation, uh, and for his passion, he wants to fly. God bless him, you know. Absolutely, uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything with so many different lifting sources. Yeah, I know it was, and I never thought I'd saw anything that exceeded the uh, the Beach uh, nineteen hundred and this little three winged Australian trainer for having a variety of lifting surfaces, but this one does it. Uh, oh, boy. my God. He's actually, he's actually going to move under its own power? No, it's like, not. <laughs> you watch the whole Well, it video. actually does move under its own power, but it doesn't move far or long. I don't know. Did it ever start moving not being pushed by human beings? I didn't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, you got to oh, get then into, then the tail you got to get to about the three, yeah. uh, about the two and a half minute point. Uh, they get everything put together, and they do a little field repair on the nose gear, landing some more structure to it. Yeah. Uh, and after many tries, they get the engine started. Now, this thing has a strut-braced canard attached to the cowl, 
It's got a tiller bar for rudder pedals. It's got a high wing, and then it's got another lifting surface below and behind the wing on the aft fuselage. And then it's got tail surfaces. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, and, and aerodynamics aside, all right, and it does look pretty, you know, weird in that regard, you know. Um, it, it's So they mentioned at one point in the video that it weighed 800 kilograms. Now, according to Google, 800 kilograms is almost 1,800 pounds. Yeah, that's... Um, when you watch them trying to wrestle this thing, muscle it up onto the truck and things like that, it looked pretty heavy. I don't know. Maybe it's that's what any airplane would look like if you were trying to lift it with just people. But uh, it's just, it's just, you know, I don't know. I just well, let, let me let me put it in these terms: the yeah. closest airplane that I can compare this aircraft's configuration to in an actual flying machine would be the uh, Zenith. 701 or 750 stall airplanes, little two-seaters. And for contrast, their gross weight is only 1320. Mm -hmm. Their empty weights are down in the 600-pound range. So for this puppy to weigh around 1,800 pounds and at 2.2 pounds per kilo, you know, the Google math is pretty good, uh, this airplane is carrying more than double the weight it should before they put gas and a body into it. And the, the testament to that is that when they finally start to get it to taxi under its own power, one of the main gear collapsed. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know what to say. I, you know, I, I think we said it all. We, 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 we admire it's, this guy's tenacity and yeah. his, his creativity and his passion for aviation, and we just pray that he doesn't get himself hurt. Oh, I am relatively certain I'll go out on a small limb here and say that no one is at risk of dying in this airplane because from a from a from a a flying crash because there's no way in hell it's ever getting off the ground. Yeah, I think I think not with that engine and that weight. I hate to say that about the guy's efforts, but I think you're right. I think that may be the case. And so he may be it needs an IO seven twenty up front. (laughs) Right. It needs a bunch Yeah, okay. All right. Anyways. Good luck to this guy. I, I, what was his name? We got to say his name. Let me find his name here. Where is it here? I found, lost the story. Here it is. Uh, Gabriel. I cannot begin to pronounce his uh, last name. Gabriel. Gabriel in Inderitu. Inderitu, something like that. Yeah. Gabriel yeah. Inderitu. Good. Good. God bless you. Good luck. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. 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 Let's take a break. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Oh, and real pilots fly Cessnas. What were you saying, Jeb? We're going to have to decide whether we're, what we're going to have to decide. We need. To, you know, it's been a long-standing debate, and I think it's going to finally come to a head here. This podcast finally has to decide: are we a beer podcast or are we an aviation podcast? I see. Oh, I see. No I more, see where the connection as, is. As, as the late George Wallace would once said, "There's no more pussyfooting around." <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, drones. Drones. It's drones. Uh, all all drones all the time here. There was, we got like like five drone stories here that yeah. that ended up on our list this week, yeah. and uh, in no particular order. Let's see. What do we hear? Drone ditching said to show need for care on unmanned aircraft. So this is like one of the military drones um, got into trouble. Okay, stop, 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 stop. This is Jack, and I'm editing this episode a few days after we recorded it. We're about to spend over 15 minutes blathering on about a bunch of drone stories that we don't know very much about, are not very interesting, and have very little to do with general aviation. So I'm going to save you all the pain, stop this right now, and skip ahead in the podcast. If you're feeling particularly self-abusive and really want to hear this stuff, I'll put the drones segment in the UCAP forums where you can listen to it there. You don't need to be registered in the forums to just check things out there. So go exploring in the forums or find the link in this app's show notes. And now we'll skip ahead. You can thank me later. 
I think we all need to go on. So, you know, this may be a beer podcast and it may be a drone podcast, but for the last 15 minutes, it's not an airplane podcast. So, But we've clarified this whole subject. Just, it's a, it's just, a drone podcast. Yeah, drone. Dun, 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 I don't want to keep dun, droning dun, dun, dun. on. Yeah, I know, really. Shout outs. Shout outs. What do we got here? Uh, Higdon. Higdon, tell us about Sun and Fun Radio. This is very cool. Sun and Fun Radio. 20th year this year. Yeah. Congratulations to our buddy Dave Shalbetter down there for all, and his oh, whole yeah, crew, time. everybody, and, and all of the other earlier founders. Um, Dave is, has, has, has become, over the years, kind of the sole leader of this, but he was not alone for the longest time, um, and, uh, um, and, and uh, a lot of great well, it people. started out in a little five-by-eight room yeah. at, at the old media center, which is now the Seaplane Pilots Association uh, headquarters. Uh, as a one-man thing to provide a little extra recorded information to supplement the show daily that uh, is produced at Sonic Fun. And through the years, it grew, and he moved into some uh, production facilities that he basically built from scratch, sharing space with the FAA's production trailer on the back of their building until a move of first aid opened up the building that he's in now. They're getting an all-new wraparound deck and ramp and expanding the I back. I know. They're quite a thing they're doing down there. And apparently they've, they've, this- got some, they've got some uh, off-the-scale vendor promotion opportunities for people that want to uh, yeah. highlight what they're doing and showing and selling at Sun and Fun that won't ever happen again. Uh, so it's worth, you know, checking out. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Dave Shellabetter and his entire staff and all the people who have ever been involved with uh, Sun and Fun Radio. 20 years. Yay. Cool. Very cool. But he gave us our start on live radio. He did. He did. And, and then they, got, they promptly got kicked out of the FAA building. You know, put two and two together. What do you think? <laughs> you know, but, uh, but now they're getting the new deck. Um, on Saturday, we'll have had they're, – they're, they're putting together this major barn raising thing this weekend. Jeb, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this on Facebook. I know, David, you haven't. But uh, the, uh, he's, like, got this major crew of people arriving on Saturday. To uh, to work on the new deck, and uh, I get the feeling he's got a, he, he he about you know earlier in the week he kind of put out the call. He says, "Oh, we're really falling behind. I got so much to do here. Anybody who can help me on Saturday, please do." And all of a sudden, people come out of the woodwork. I mean, he's got cool. he's got so I got I'm, I'm just afraid he's going to have so many people that they're going to be falling over each other, and he's going to get less work done than if he'd been on his yeah. own. But uh, he's got a great great uh, a group of people who are going to uh, great in terms of volume, size, um, quantity. And uh, they're going to be working there on, on Saturday. And uh, I'm sure you can use more help if you're interested in helping out uh, prior to Sun and Fun or during Sun and Fun. You need to get in touch with uh, Dave Shellbetter at, uh, at Sun and Fun Radio. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, it's what's the uh, Twitter address is like uh, SNF Radio or something like that. SNF Radio Dave, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. So anyways, bring, congratulations. Bring, bring a hammer, bring a screwdriver, uh, bring a lot of energy. Bring something non-alcoholic to drink. What? Now, why would you say that? Because you always need hydration. Yeah, but why when you're would you doing say, something like that? Why would you say non-alcoholic? Because you don't, people la- only have two thumbs to the sacrifice. The last thing you want is a bunch of drunks building your deck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Worked for the bridge. I don't know. Um, no, it, we were not. No, no, no. you're right. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We actually were very good when we were building the bridge. It's like, you know, fruit juice and water. Um, and once again, I'm going to miss the EAA ski plane flying. I'm just, one of these days, I'm going to get out there to this thing, all right? Because it just seems like the coolest thing. Uh, that, re- that requires, like, you know, cold weather, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm not only am I going to miss it, I, I actually have already missed it. Um, let's see, you know, it seems like maybe it was held on the 26th. No, wait a minute, that's when it was. No. It, they got switched. The date got switched. It's now tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Okay, so it's uh, so by the time you listen to this, it will have happened. But uh, I, I just really wish I could make it out there to, you know, the Pioneer Airport. In some ways, Pioneer Airport is my favorite part of the whole air venture facility. I, I just like Pioneer Airport a lot, and uh, it, it it runs right up there with, you know, uh, with the Red Barn area for me. Uh, the same kind of feeling, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and they're holding their uh, ski plane flying, um, and it looks like this year they got snow. Um, there have been years recently where they didn't have enough snow to have a ski plane flying. I don't think this year is this, the case. I don't think that's going to be the problem. Yeah. This year. So, 
Anyways, big shout out uh, to our friends over there at EAA for the uh, for the uh, annual and, ski plane. And, 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 and worth noting that uh, what they're celebrating tomorrow, which will have already happened by the time you hear this, is commemorating the 61st anniversary of EAA's first ever meeting yeah. as an organization on January 26th of 53. Mm. So... Uh, Hard to imagine. Were you there, David? I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. I promised myself I was going to stop. He was no. the guy taking tickets. No, no, at the no, front no, door. no, no. He wasn't even nearly old enough to be there. So don't worry about that. You know, I was walking at that point, but uh, and I was talking, and I was already telling people I wanted to fly. Well, there so. you go. That's uh, maybe you could have been there. You know. So, anyways, I'm sure there's lots of little kids there. And uh, anyways, it's uh, it's it's a cool event. And one year, I'm actually going to get there. Um, it's both yeah, a distance a and a climate thing. But. A lot of fun. It's 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 very much a climate thing. Yeah. Uh, but another EA story, and this one I'm not going to miss um, because it's not till summer, and I'm also not going to miss it because it's kind of a cool idea, and I really, really want to at least watch, if not get involved. Um, they've done this. EAA, during AirVenture Oshkosh 2014, is going to kind of repeat and maybe hopefully improve upon um, a, an idea that they've done once or twice or a few times in the past. Um, they're calling it this year the One Week Wonder. Um, they're going to build an airplane more or less from scratch. Um, or Is it a kit? or Let's see. It's a Zenith CH750 kit aircraft. All right? and, yep. and they're going to build slash assemble it um, during the week of AirVenture. And uh, I'm, I'm reading the story. David, you probably know more about this kind of stuff than I do. You're a little more plugged into it. Well, they, Are they going to try and is... test fly it during the week or? They've think? done this. In, they've done this in the past at Sun and Fun. Yeah, uh, I don't remember them ever doing it at Osh. I thought I read uh, some place that they had here. Go ahead, keep talking. But I know they've done it at Sun and Fun, where they took, uh, I think, in one case a seven hundred one kit, which is a predecessor to the seven hundred fifty, and in another case a six hundred one Zodiac. That's their little low wing, speed racer looking airplane, tapered wing and all. Uh, and they took the. Complete kit, firewall forward kit, finish kit, and with volunteers and factory people on hand, work about 12, 13-hour days for six days. It built the airplane, got the engine installed, test run it, had it inspected because there were FAA people there to do it, got it signed off, and flew it. On closing day of the show. Okay. And I'm reading this story more closely. They're not going to try and fly it. So the uh, the sort of uh, motivator behind this whole project is uh, a great friend of the of Uncontrolled Airspace podcast, Charlie Becker, um, is uh, EAA's manager of home-built programs. And uh, he's sort of the moving force behind this. He's quoted in this story that I'm reading from airventure.org. Uh, we want people to discover that building an airplane is not that complicated and within the reach of just about anyone by watching this project take, take shape during the week and participating in it themselves um, so uh, he says the kit will arrive at Oshkosh just as any builder would receive it uh, the one week wonder will show how today's advanced kits and technology make aircraft building accessible and affordable especially with the support from many EAA programs and members and the story but says it, the goal um, let me just read the last bit here um, the, the, according to the story here the goal is to completely construct and taxi test the aircraft by the end of the week so I would not put it past them that if the taxi tests are good and everybody's confident and they can get the sign off that they wouldn't try to squeeze in a crow hop or two on one eight three six, which in that airplane is enough to do about six touch and goes and they're doing this right up in the center i thought i kind of always pictured they were going to do this back in one of the workshop areas no no they do this out where high traffic block. they're doing this out in the center show center here the ea welcome center um and uh, right cool. up there in, in the main drag of the uh, of the convention grounds so this is all a, the better to push it out the taxiway yeah really it's like literally it's right there on the taxiway so that's gonna be great i want to watch this maybe i'll even pop you know buck a couple of rivets or something like that i don't know but well uh, and, and this is one that bucks that trend yeah uh uh, this is <laughs> this this uses the, the rivets that come with a red tipped cane. The rivets that come with a red tipped cane. Blind rivets, son. Blind uh, rivets. Blind rivets. Oh yeah. Okay. Blind rivets. It's like is blind that rivets. I, uh, they're like pop rivets. Pop rivets. Heavier duty. Uh, okay. All right. 
So, anyways, good luck to all the EA folks on that one. Um, and uh, you know, I'm probably going to talk about this more as we get closer and closer to Air Venture. Maybe we get Charlie on the podcast. I don't think Charlie. Well, it, it really is remarkable. Yeah, it's not just on. Zenith, but uh, Vans Aircraft and Rands and so many other outfits that their sheet metal kits arrive with so much of the drilling already done or pilot holes punched with CNC machines that they literally self jig. I I really hate when you use those words. You know, I love it. It makes me shiver. Um, <laughs> just the, the the phrase the phrase pilot holes just doesn't resonate with me. <laughs> Charlie's been a great friend of the podcast over the years. I don't know if we've ever actually had him on the podcast, but uh, but he's been a great supporter. Well, he's, if we haven't, we should. Yeah, he's 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 been very supportive of us over the years. He's helped us out with the opening doors to us at EAA uh, for the for Air Venture, and uh, and he was one of the he and and Farid were the ones who notorious. Uh, uh, arranged to present us with uh, what was it, two hundred bottles of beer on our two uh, hundred right. show. That's right. A two hundredth uh, episode with a sign full of beer and, and five pounds of Wisconsin cheese, which which directly led to the first tie down party. That's uh, right. That's uh, right. So, so everyone who's ever joined us at the tie down party at Air Venture has Charlie Becker and Farid Guillaume to thank for uh, that. Was for that. that was that, that was the seed beer the seed. that led to bigger things? That's right. That's right. They were they were sort of like. <laughs> There's a joke in here about angel investors. I don't know. I'll come back to it later it's on. Pay it forward, beer. Yeah. Right. Anyways. There you go. Uh, other shout outs. Who's got a shout out here? Anybody? Okay. Go ahead. I could call it quits right now. Oh, okay. Uh, just one real quick, and it's not really much of a shout-out. It's interesting links you come across. Um, there's a link on Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia's list of most produced aircraft. And it's, oh, all, yeah. rather, it's, it's all rather interesting. Yeah? What, what's uh, the most, the top two or three well, or four? Well, the top one is the Cessna 172. Okay, yeah. Okay. It, I did not know, or if I did know it, I didn't recall that there were more P-47 Thunderbolts made than there were P-51 Mustangs. Okay. No, I didn't know that either. But okay. that's, no, that's further down the list, though, right? It's further down the list. Yeah, that's not like the, second or uh, third. It's, it's like, no, it's not. The, uh, what was the other thing in here that I found interesting? Um, there were was more the Thunderbolt the one they called the Jug? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. There are yeah. more B- B-24s made than there were P- B-17s. Okay. I knew that. Um, but <sighs> Let's see here. Top top 10, more or less. Uh, there, was something about a MiG, there was something about a MiG-15. Oh, here it is. MiG-15. Russia's MiG-15 is in the like, top 12, top 15. Uh, and, and more than 18,000 of them having been made. Uh-huh. Now, top after... 10. Yeah. Go ahead. Top 10. Ahead. Cessna 172, Illusion, uh, is that a... IL-2. IL-2. That's a big biplane. Okay. Mm. okay. No. What do you... Well, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm no. sorry. That's not the IL. I'm you're thinking, thinking you're thinking of... You're thinking, thinking of AN-2, which is on here IL-2. also. AN-2. Number three, Messerschmitt BF-109. Uh, number four, Piper Cherokee. Number five, Cessna 150. Uh, uh, six is the Cessna 182. Next is the Beechcraft Bonanza, Spitfire, Focke-Wulf, Fok, FW 190, uh, Piper Cub, and the Polikarpov PO2. Um, so, uh, Polikarpov PO2. the Yeah, And that one, it's just, just an notes, interesting list. It's a really interesting list. Yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah, check it out. Find is, your favorite on there. The sad part is that the most pop, most produced aircraft in history is a Cessna 172. There's only 43,000 of them having been made. I mean, you know. Well, and that was with a 10-year layout. They well, made... Think, they, think they, of it another way. 43,000. They make that many iPhones between now and now. All right? Okay. You know, it's just crazy. It's, think, think of this in another way. Yeah. Um, Cessna 172 has been in production since 1956. Not perhaps constant production, yeah. but in production, according to this, since 1956. The Wright brothers first flew in uh, 03. 53 years later, the Cessna 172 first flew, yeah. or started being produced. So, 53 years later, uh, 56, um, the Cessna 172 
has been in production more than half of the time that powered fixed wing flight has been known. Yeah, that that, that is a milestone. That's a that's, a, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 Okay. But anyway, in a bonanza, it goes back even further than that. In a bonanza, has been uh, in constant production. Uh, what, what is? I mean, and I've I flipped the page off my screen here. What does it say about the bonanza? Bonanza oh, that, well, since, since forty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Since forty-seven. Yeah. So, and, and and you're saying the bonanza has been in constant production since forty-seven. Yeah, Beach never stopped it, making it, the bonanza. Right. It has been. Yeah. That's it, a, has never, that's, it has never stopped making the that's, that's That's an accomplishment as well. Yeah, so very cool. Very two, cool. Three, we may four. come back to this list sometime and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I just I just found it interesting, and that was my yeah. shout-out, and now we can move on to the rest yeah. of the festivities. Nine, I ten. think... What is it, David? I was just looking at this. Uh, one, two, three, four of the top ten are Wichita airplanes. Yeah. Uh, six of the top ten are GA airplanes made by one of two companies, Cessna or Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's, That's a, an amazing concentration of GA designs that are still popular today. All of them. I mean, the 1A2 is still in production. The one Cessna 150 is the one here that's you know, in the top five, it's not still in production. Right. That's true. Right. I w- I'm curious whether or not they included the 152s in that number. I don't. <laughs> they did not. 152 really? was broken out later on. Oh, it is down lower. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, I think they ought to be lumped together in a. Oh, my God. The John Chody is Weed Hopper? Yeah. 13,000. Holy cow. I first flew one of those puppies in 1982. So you're saying there's there's half as many of those as there are well no a third as many of those as there are 172s. Yeah, and that's 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 an ultralight. It's no, a little single I'm, cylinder, 250 pound. Well, actually, it didn't even weigh 230. Uh, tube and rag, uh, strut braced membrane wing. Yeah, wasn't even a double surface wing. And the uh, the single cylinder engine used four Duracell. D batteries for the ignition system. Okay, that's great. Anyway, whatever works, it's good. Jeff, were you going to say something? Finish this up. Well, one. I'm just looking here at aircraft types. Um, it seems like I, you know, I'm not seeing Learjet on here now. There's probably never been uh, more than five thousand of a specific Learjet model manufactured. I also don't see King Air on that list, although there certainly has been more than 5,000 King Airs manufactured, not of only one model. Yeah, well, um, this is Wikipedia, though. It must be right. Right. Well, according to Wikipedia's page on the King yeah. Air, yeah. it says, just... as, of, as of August of '08, more than 3,100 90 and 100 series aircraft have been delivered, but that doesn't include any of the 200 series. Yeah. I, I was just I was looking at the 152 in the list. I was thinking, oh man, if I add the 150s and the 152s together, maybe they'll be the most. All right, so the 150 is the fifth most pop, most produced airplane. And if you add the 150s and the 152s together, they're still the fifth most produced. So they don't move up at all. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, anyways, good list. Maybe we'll come back to this list sometime. Yeah, but anyways, maybe so. I think it's definitely anyway. fork time here. So uh, we got we got to move on because it's uh, my beer is empty and yeah, we got It's time. We got to do this. Hey, uh, Dave Higdon is a uh, aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, what do I usually ask you at this point? Let's see. I can never remember. <laughs> what are you working on, David? Do I dare ask? Have you got anything you can tell us this week? Uh, let's see. Let me take a quick look here. Working on a piece about all the things that can cause you to divert that aren't runway-related. Speaking specifically yeah. of interim weather, yeah. When sometime between when you get your last forecast and file, and when you get there, you find out that you can't get there, and how to deal with those things, okay. and in part how to explain to the boss why he doesn't really want you to try to get there. No, oh, that sounds interesting. Can you say who that's going to be for? That's for World Aircraft Sales March issue. Okay, very cool. And where can people find you on the internet? 
Oh, avbuyer.com uh, keys me into the world aircraft sales. Uh, AEA.net for uh, avionics news. Or, you know, roll the dice, do a Google search, and remember, I uh, never really played golf. And I understand theoretical physics well enough to know that I'm no good at it. And Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. What have you been working on, Jeb? Just today, finished um, the March issue of Aviation Safety Magazine. So, Anything fun um, in there? A couple of things, actually. Yeah, Dave's got a piece in there on hydraulic systems. Amy's got a piece in there about air show arrivals, which was a lot of fun to work with her on, because we both have similar stories. Um, got a great piece on... Uh, um, short and soft field takeoffs. Well, that sounds great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. And where yeah, can people so find I'm, you on the Internet? They can find me at aviationsafetymagazine.com. They can find me at jeburnside.com. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm also on that aea.net uh, website on occasion. And uh, there's always uh, the Twitter and the uh, Facebook machines. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot and a freelance writer and a new media producer. Uh, check out my Kindle eBooks uh, at Amazon.com/author/jackhodgson. Also, for uh, the new Around the Field uh, podcast series, I just uh, did a really fun interview with Amy. As a matter of fact, Amy Laboda. Uh, we got on the telephone uh, about a week or so ago, and uh, uh, we, we talked a little bit about some of the things that we haven't talked with her about um, here on this podcast. So we, I, we lear- I learned a little bit more about her her early days as a pilot and and uh, some of the flying experience she's had and uh, and then we got into a little bit of a conversation about uh, some of the um, ramifications of, uh, of a lot of private pilots transferring uh, trans you know furring over to flying um, LSA type aircraft and 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 whether that's you know what what are kind of the the, the pros and cons of that the risks and and rewards of, of doing that it was a very interesting conversation with Amy and that's in the uh, around the field uh, uh, podcast series learn more about that at aroundthefield.net um, and uh, in general uh, learn more about me at uh, jackhodgson.com and on Twitter I'm uh, twitter.com/jackhodgson Big thanks, as always, to Jeff Ward for his help with the show notes and in the forums. The forums have been back for a couple weeks now, and they're hopping. They're, there's just a lot of fun conversation going on over there, and it's a lot of people are, are rediscovering it and remembering that, uh, are realizing that it's back and and uh, and starting to contribute again. So uh, check out the forums, uh, and don't forget you can check out the rest of the UCAP website. Like I said, you can chat with us directly uh, and many of your fellow listeners on the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. Um, you can also see who's doing what in the new in the new ratings webpage of fame and much much more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, were you going to say something? Live long, live well through flying because the longer you fly, the longer you live because, you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Adios. Adios.